What's happening, weirdos? We are glad you're here. We're glad you're here. We, we are, are glad, glad you're, you're here. here. That sounds like such a worship song. Oh my God. Doesn't it? Yeah. We are glad you're here. I will say in defense of songs like that, there was always a song that we sang at the beginning of worship that like set the tone. It was like, these are our intentions. We're here to be together and oh. sing. And I was like, that's one of the reasons why worship was so powerful. A hundred percent. You got a group of people all pointing their, 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 you know, their compasses towards the same thing. Of all of the things that I now have come to disagree <clears throat> with about the church experience, worship is not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I stand by worship. Yeah. I think worship is fantastic. Yeah. I really only ever had good goodness come from that. And Michael Gunger, wh- when yeah, is it? Yeah, let's say that. Michael Gunger's doing like a he knows this worship and he, night. It's incredible. And we're I think going. It's, it's um, February... It's February twenty fourth. So February twenty fourth in LA. He already did it. One of the things I love about it is he says everybody gets a piece of tape. One piece of tape read means I'm here to just do this alone. I don't want to like like interact. I don't want to ecstatic dance with you. Yeah, you can put that on. One is blue, which means like I'm pretty open. I want to dance and play, and but maybe don't touch me. Yeah, and then there's one that's green. I think which is like I'm here for all of it. If you want to like go kooky and dance with me yeah i'm open and he says you can change your tape and i was like you just solved a real social problem for me yep because as much as i wanted to go to like a not religious but spiritual music dance celebration yeah i was like i'm not that hippie right and i want to be comfortable yeah he was like well this is what we're doing so his music is incredible and there is like a real deficit for spiritual but not religious people to get together and and I think sing or maybe just listen to him play. I'm not even sure. Yeah, but it's basically that's it. It's like a it's like a non denominational worship night. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's called play. Play. I believe. So Google play Michael Gunger Los or you Angeles. Can find him at Michael Gunger on Instagram, on Instagram and yeah. he'll have that. And we'll be there, so you mm-hmm. can groove out. Well, I'll have red tape on, so stay the fuck away from. I me. know. I'm thinking I might have red tape, and usually I'm a green tape. No, I'm, I'm red tape and a hat. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. If the night is as amazing as I think it is, I'll, I'll be uh, green by the end of the night. <laughs> um, we're so happy you're here. This episode's incredible. I know I say this sometimes, but like the the two halves are, are two different flavors. Yeah. So if you're listening and maybe the first half isn't pu- grabbing you, I think it will. Do yourself a favor or please give the second half a try as well, which starts at 40 minutes. Because, man, I needed this conversation. It brought me so much life and me so much too. joy. I feel 10 times better than when we started. Yeah. So this is a special episode, and I'm just asking everybody uh, to give the whole thing a shot because it's awesome. Mm. Uh, and we're glad you're here. And uh, PeteHolmes.com for tour dates. May the 4th is the Netflix is a Joke Fest, which I've been, full disclosure, just a little nervous about selling. Mm. So if you've been waiting to come to a show, please come see me on May 4th in LA, PeteHolmes.com for tickets. Uh, This month's Largo, I believe, is sold out, but we have another one added for March. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go to Largo-LA.com for that. And there's other tour dates on PeteHolmes.com as well, Chicago, and I'm not even sure. I think we're adding Miami coming up soon. So anyway, go to PeteHolmes.com. And uh, if you like the show, it means so much if you support it by trying one of these products that we actually love and Mm -hmm. actually use. So, Katie, please roll those pre-rolls here. 
This episode is brought to us by our friends at Air Doctor. Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day. And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, up to 100 times more polluted, according to the EPA. And did you know that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths globally? So, what's the solution? Introducing the air purifier that captured the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and more, Air Doctor. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses that make you sick. It is sleek, it is cool, it is quiet, and it does the job. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe easy money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code PETE. You'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers exclusive to weirdos. You will receive a, you'll also receive a three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro, A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code PETE. Support the show, support your lungs, support your life, support your air. Air Doctor. It's also brought to us by my new favorite, favorite, favorite apparel company, Roosevelt's. I have been wearing Roosevelt's on talk shows. I've been wearing them out on dates. I've even worn them on red carpets. It is incredible clothing that feels amazing, looks amazing, is built high quality, and they're also really, really fun. It's an apparel brand born from their passion for pop culture and Americana, which means they weave fun things into their designs that you will recognize, relate to, and love. It's a great conversation starter. It's a great way to show people what you're into, and it'll bring out your inner extrovert. Does that make sense? Your inner extrovert. Wear it to a party. Wear it to a show. It's fun. It's light. It feels great on your body, and it looks super cool. Anything from Star Wars to Disney to Nickelodeon. They got Big Lebowski, The Office, They also have more classic, kind of uh, more grown, kind of looking formal stuff that I also love that doesn't incorporate the pop culture. But if you've been looking for a gift for a fan of The Office, for a fan of Jurassic Park, Star Wars, whatever it may be, Roosevelt's has you covered, literally. I love their signature Kuniflex four-way stretch material. It's moisture wicking. It's light. It's soft. It's stretchy and fits so damn nice. It's extremely breathable, and the patterns are super, super fun. They also have hats, bomber jackets, performance hoodies, and shorts. It's a small punk rock grassroots company that I love working with, and everything that I've gotten from them became an instant favorite. So if you're looking for a new shirt, a new hoodie, whatever it might be, a new jacket, a hat, For you or someone you love, it's perfect for gifts. It's also perfect just to spice up your own wardrobe. Give them a try. Go to Roosevelt's, R-S-V-L-T-S. So don't write out Roosevelt's, R-S-V-L-T-S. Check them out, roosevelt's.com, R-S-V-L-T-S.com, or check them out on Instagram at R-S-V-L-T-S. You won't be disappointed. All right, everybody, so glad you're here. Valerie, my love. Get into it. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) How good was the holdovers? 
I just oh. thought of, that was so good. It was so good. And then you went, you know, when you like watch a really good movie and you're like, there actually is nothing better in the world than a really good film. I agree. It's kind of the best. It's the best of us. I was thinking about that. If you think about like our, our, our history as storytellers, I hate when people, I'm a storyteller. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's I'm going to write a story where you disappear. They always talk about that on the, on Smartless. On what, that I'm podcast. a storyteller? No, that how they all hate when people say I'm a storyteller. Well, you know what when it is? When filmmakers say it's, it. It's like, it's this, it rings of like a false humility. Like you right. make multi-million dollar right. mass entertainment yeah. that millions of people flock to and, and not yeah. just give their time to but allow themselves to be overtaken and transport. It's this amazing right. thing. And you're like, just sitting by the fire. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're not, just sitting by you're the not fire. a Native American woman who's going around to school libraries. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yes. You want to have the quaint and charm of that. That's it. But you're a fancy pants yes. filmmaker. Yes, <laughs> Oh my God. There really is something to that it's and you're you're saying i'm folksy i'm like ancient yes i'm yes. i'm a shaman yeah you're you like this I mean? is important and it's like all right maybe but like it's not the most important thing I don't, I, it, <laughs> even though i just said uh, there's nothing better than a good film well no i think that's that's what i mean by false humility and just saying like i'm a filmmaker it seems so much cleaner and just yeah. like yeah that's awesome like not to say i'm doing it right but if i feel like telling someone what i do and they say, what do you do? I say, I'm a comedian. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like I just start the conversation instead yeah. of being like, I'm a comedian. How are you going to respond to that? I go, isn't that yeah. nuts? Yeah. Like, isn't that fun? Isn't that <laughs> wild? I'm a comedian. And, and like, whoa, you don't meet a lot of comedians. So yeah. let's, let's mix it up. Like that's best Pete. So filmmaker would be like, I make movies. Isn't that wild? Like I yeah. make movies. Yeah. I'm a storyteller. Right. That I, was a great riff, Val. <laughs> You're not a, a Native, Native, Native American. American woman going around <laughs> libraries telling stories to children. Like, I can't remember a specific time that happened, but I definitely feel like it's happened. No, for sure. You know, no, like you can picture, you can picture. No, it. My, my school was almost, my grade school was exclusively that. <laughs> Visiting Native Americans. <laughs> it was only, well, we had assembly. And this is where I learned all my uh, strange songs in Swahili. Not strange, but unfamiliar to the Western ear. <laughs> Nobody's taking my down PD for saying they're weird. My weirdo songs. But we always, me and my brother still remember uh, Mary Johnson, our principal, was on stage. And there was a woman there to teach us about African drumming. Mm. And she goes, uh, Mary Johnson is going like, uh, you know, we're just in a gymnasium and we're sitting on the floor. And she goes, and somebody is here. Her name is blah, blah, blah. What I'm realizing now is she was giving a bad show business intro. Oh, like she right. said, our, our guest today is, and he said their name. And then she was like, and she's here to teach us about uh, drumming. And then she went, and here she is. And we uh, thought this woman was going to come out and just be like, hello. But instead, she just started being like, boom, bah, boom, 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 like banging out this incredibly loud, awesome rhythm. Whoa. But as children, we were like, what? <laughs> so we yeah. still, my brother and I still go, and here she is. Meaning wow. like became a joke in our family for <laughs> 30 years now. Because more. it was so unexpected that she just started drumming. She was like, I'm going to start my, what should be a boring ass 
assembly presentation <laughs> in like a pretty fierce and exciting way. Yeah. But to us, that seemed like funny or embarrassing. It was like, well, that's, that was a weird way to start. You should be like, hello. Right. But we were children. I'm saying and like you six were just years like, old. Yeah, like white Quakers. <laughs> you were meek. White, and, white meek Quakers. Yeah. And they're like, um. We were talking about my school this week where we wrote two letters of indignation when I was a child. And one was that the game Guess Who, we love the game Guess Who, but you and I were laughing that it's like if you if you play as a woman, if you pick a woman in Guess Who, yeah. you're not playing to win. Uh huh. Because if they say, are you a woman, and you say yes, it's just like snapping down faces for like five minutes. There's four choices, and then you're like, are you white? No. Maria? The game is over? Yes. So we wrote a letter. This was in like fourth or fifth grade to Milton Bradley, to both Milton and Bradley. You did? Yeah, and we were like, we noticed that there's very few people of color. And that's valid. That's right. I, lo- I love that. But it was 1985. Like yeah. that's in like wildly ahead of the curve. Yeah. And then the other one we wrote was because Quaker Oats, and we were Quakers, or we were at a Quaker school. Almost nobody was Quaker, but we knew Quaker values and loved them. Mm-hmm. And Quaker Oats had... A, a free Popeye the Sailor Man comic, which, and I didn't tell you this when I told you this story yesterday, <laughs> I loved it. The Popeye right. comic was incredible. Yeah. He's punching Bluto, he's saving olive oil, but it featured violence. And then I remember just mimicking what I was seeing the grownups doing, right. which was, you know, standing up for things and whatnot. I was like, it's weird that it's Quaker Oats, but there's a violent Sailor Man in the, the prize. And we wrote a letter. You noticed it? I think I noticed it, yeah. <laughs> or one of us kids was like, you know, it's just a, it's a learned behavior. And there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not going like, we were such snowflakes. But we were, for whatever snowflakey behavior is happening now, I was doing that in 1985. It's nothing new to me. And then when you had the church, like yeah. I was, I, I've been pre-offended. Yes. But also... The, the the guess who one is valid. Guess who now? I was gonna say I love a lot that. of diversity. Yes, no, I think that's actually incredible. Whose idea was that one? The letter. The yeah about guess who? Like who? I don't remember. Pointed but out and I think I might have been going along for the ride on that. But one. I think that's that's really cool, and I think it is good and important to teach well yeah. kids to like take action. Is a, like a letter of in, indig, indignation a Quaker thing specifically? No, that that belongs to the 70 plus recluse crowd. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like the movie, uh, what is that? I can't believe Greenberg. it. Oh, Greenberg, where yeah. he's writing American Airlines and all well, that stuff. What made we me, were doing that. What made me think of that was because I, I don't think they're specifically Quaker, but in Little Women, my favorite film of all time, the Which, Susan Sarandon one, even though, of course, Greta Gerwig is... Didn't care Incredible. for it. I, I, I Don't hit thought, shuffle on a, on a classic. Yeah, I thought it was very well made and I loved everybody involved, but... Um, no, thanks. I just love, I love the Susan Sarandon version too much. Me too. I should have never even tried to see another version. Yeah, um, there is like a why, why remake something that was good. Just perfect. I'm like remakes. You know, can I interject real quick? Yeah. I love the movie Collateral. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx. Tom Cruise is an assassin. Jamie Foxx is the cab driver who's trapped driving him around. Ah. You haven't seen it? No. I'm, <laughs> if you had said who's in collateral quick, I would have been like, 
Um, Valerie, uh, will you please Denzel remember Washington. what you were about to say? Because I'm about yeah. to go off on collateral for um, just 30 seconds. He, well, I will, Little except women. for that it just isn't in- interesting at that point. Go ahead, finish your just thing. Just one of the things that I love is that Susan Sarandon's character is like such a fierce, morally courageous woman and mother and little baby Kirsten Dunst comes home and she's been spanked by her teacher. Yes. Swatted on the hands with like a ruler. As was their way. Yes. For trading limes. I won't get into all of it, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but but, back when a lime was a luxury, I know you have a lime. Yeah. And they, and so the mom like, is very upset and she she like storms into her office and like writes a letter and then reads it out loud you know Mm -hmm. and she's like dear mr whatever you know yeah who do you think you are to strike a child in god's eyes we are all children and we are all equals it's like such a good moment no i love it and i know that they're not Quaker exactly. I think they're transcendentalists. They are transcendentalists. But I feel like they're very, you know, they were in Concord Mass and I feel like it was Quaker. Yeah, it was blurring. Yeah, it was blurring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I wondered if that was like a thing. Like a uh I wouldn't be surprised if like a cornerstone of Quakerism was like it's like pacifism, um, silence and letter writing. Uh, ind- indignant letter writing and lentils. <laughs> Lentil loafs. Lentil loaf. Some sort of lentil loaf. Well, yeah. think about it. The medium. And corduroys. <laughs> Sorry. The medium is the message, right? And a letter, especially written, I'm speaking like them now, with a steady hand. Yes. Is by design, you're going to be more thoughtful with your language. Yeah. Like even an email is too easy to write. You, yeah. you bang it out or you dictate it. Now it's just as scrappy and stupid and thoughtless as as speech is yeah. and writing is like i got out a piece of paper mm-hmm. you know we talk about this all the time it becomes much more conscious and more yeah. deliberate you know mm-hmm. so you you don't say things and very rarely do you write a letter and you're like ah, i shouldn't use that part because you, you yeah. it, it hurts your hand it took yeah. too much effort to write that's so true so there is something very quakery but there's something very i mean that as a compliment very conscious and and peaceful mm-hmm. about putting it in writing. I agree. I love the Quakers. I always have. <laughs> They're wonderful. Yeah. So here's my collateral. Okay. Thing. <laughs> real quick. Here here's my I think this is my billion dollar idea. So Collateral is is one of my favorite movies. Shane Torres who just did the podcast uh, this week, he loves Collateral. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about it. so Tom Cruise is this like it's not it's a very different role for Cruise. He's uh-huh. he's it's for Cruz. <laughs> he's cruising it up in a new way. He's a gray-haired assassin. Oh, I think I know. I've seen the like image of him. Why does he have gray hair? Because he's Cruz, man. I I really Cruz is always putting on glasses, assuming a lisp. He's like, you can't decruise the cruise. Whatever you need, I'll but, do it all, and I'll still you'll still love me amazing. But he was playing like like an Anderson Cooper type. No. <laughs> I mean, he is playing no. like a prematurely gray. I guess. <laughs> I think Cruz is at gray age. He's been at gray age. When, it's weird that he's chestnut brown. When did this, when did this movie come out? He's been That dude's been supposed to be gray for 20 years. He's just so good at Hollywood that we're like, no, he should look he's like ageless. that. He should not look like that. 
Okay. He should be gray. Okay. But when did this movie come out? Um, that's a good question. Somebody out there knows. Like I'm going to say 2003. All right. I'll give it a goog. Okay. I'll give it a goog. I'm sorry that I'm getting hung up. I just, no, I want to believe that I can get past the gray. <laughs> and like, you know, in 2004, in Blackberry was so good. I could get past that bald wig. There's no bald wig. Or what was the thing I hated in that? You didn't like Jay Barishaw's wig and yeah. it's a gray wig. <laughs> You have a hard time with gray, gray wigs. I'm with you. If you're going to have a wig in a movie, you better be true detective wig. Woody Harrelson's wearing a wig in that movie. Right. It's fucking unbelievable. And I forget that. That's what I mean. That's how good that wig is. And then the difference between a good wig and a bad wig is like millimeters. Mm. It's so close. It's so close to do and it makes all the difference so close to do you mean the water that (laughs) gathers on flowers in the morning no it's so easy to do it's so close like it's millimeters of like whoever's creating it oh no i know and i'm pretty sure but then it makes all the difference no yeah that it's really fucking hard and the difference between good and unbelievable is so close but it's really hard to push it that extra inch yes or millimeter to keep it consistent. <laughs> so anyway, T. Cruz, who should have been gray in 2004. Okay. What are you, nuts? <laughs> uh, gets in a cab and he's an assassin. It's a great premise. It's a mm-hmm. great movie. It's struck. I'm sorry, but it's structured really well. You meet uh, T. Cruz in an airport and he gets a bag. Jason Statham has this weird cameo where they Ooh. swap bags. You think, oh, Jason Statham's in this movie. Guess what? Fucking no, he isn't. He's not. <laughs> He has one line. I enjoy LA, mate. That's it. What? And then I didn't know. I kind of did it. That was good. Enjoy LA, mate. I don't know it how wasn't he talks. Right. I've only ever seen pictures of You him. don't know Collateral. I mean, yeah. you've never seen a Jason Statham movie? No, I'm a lady. I watch Little Women. <laughs> yeah, you should watch Big Boys. Like Jason Statham. I've wa- no, I I have watched plenty of Big Boys. No, I know. I'm, J- I'm 100% JK. Mm-hmm. Would all do well. To watch a little bit more Little Women. Thank you. But that being said, sometimes you just got to stay. No, I do love a good action movie. But it has to, it has to be a very good action movie to make me want to. That's not And I'm not, I would say that, I wouldn't say that to his face, but I'd say it to his assistant. Yeah. Statham isn't making. (laughs) That's what I've heard. Movies. Like, it it seems like he makes movies for people who are like, I love action. Just show me action. And I'm like. There's got to be some really good plot, some like... No, that's Cruise. Story. I know. You're talking about Cruise and right I, now. And I, that's why I've seen every Mission Impossible. Look, no, does anybody that's pulling out their gray wigs <laughs> mad <laughs> that Jason Statham doesn't make good movies. I'm not saying they're not enjoyable and therefore good. Yeah. I'm just saying there's a different kind of good that... that Look, his new movie is called The Beekeeper, mm-hmm. and it's about an assassin. I read the, the description. Mm-hmm. It was about an assassin who belonged to a, a, a clan or a tribe of assassins called The Beekeepers, uh-huh. but he's retired now. And Valerie, what did he retire as? A, a beekeeper. A beekeeper. <laughs> That's not good. No. You can't retire from a gang called the Beekeepers and be like, what am I supposed to do now? Well, there is my namesake. (laughs) Yeah. Then he starts keeping bees. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then it's just the same old, same old, like someone he knows is wronged. Yeah. And then he uses his powers uh, that he used in his previous life to avenge them. I it's mean, just, that it's just the same story. story. It's like they retire and they get pulled back in for this, one last job. This is how men feel. We're like... I'm now a family man and I'm like, but at some point I might have to go back to the skills that I had. And I'm not saying I was an action star, but mm-hmm. I scrapped about when I was in my twenties making a name or whatever. Right. Maybe I'll have to, maybe here's what it is. And you'll relate to, maybe I'll be useful again. Oh. Because once a man, and this isn't a traditional, and there's so many different ways to live. I'm just saying in this classic kind of Western Broad idea. Broad strokes, yeah. Broad strokes, Gender not normative. right. All yeah. every way normative. Yeah. A guy is out there kicking ass. He gets a family, has children, has a wife. And then you reach a cruising altitude. And then the man can sometimes become bored. I'm not saying this is always true. Yeah. But he's like, he's no longer scrapping for it. Now his consciousness isn't achieving consciousness. It's maintaining consciousness, which is what it feels like to keep bees. I turn on the idea. I'm like, that's actually perfect. <laughs> I'm least, sorry. Because at least there's a little danger in there and they yeah. might sting you. That's true. No, I just don't call the gang the beekeepers. Yeah, that's right. Just don't call the gang that's the right. beekeepers. That's right. Ah! It's easy fix. I, uh, I have one. I wish I was at that table read. Uh, Could the gang be called the samurai? Mm-hmm. Could it be called? You could come up with 20, chat GPT, give me 20 cool names <laughs> yeah. for a gang Jason Statham would be in. <laughs> it I would think, nail it. Um, that makes sense. And I think that, that the female, again, gender normative uh, version of that is that you you are told that your worth is your body and how fuckable you are. Uh, and then you get fucked and you become a mother. Yeah. And then you want to be fuckable again. Yeah. And then, and then you don't feel useful because the, our society refuses to see and respect you. Yeah. Um, and both of that is the patriarchy just kind of being youth obsessed, I think. Like being obsessed with that one phase of life where you're fertile. Where you're fertile but and the you're man is useful, up. his muscles are <laughs> useful, his whatever is useful, and a woman's hips and body and breasts are useful. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, okay, now I have those things. And that makes me I haven't seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but like I that feels like both of them get to go back. She's sexy yeah. again. He's useful again. They're both useful. Yeah. And that's the fantasy. Yeah. And I, I can get with that. There's there's a million stories that I like that are this Jason Statham story. Sure. I think it's a good it's good to have things that speak to that part of us. I just think that that is a lie that's been sold to us too. Yes. So that we're like not useful once we're in a different phase of our lives. Well, that that actually brings me into the thing that I was coming into this conversation excited to talk about was that like everybody that's been listening. Uh, by the way, the idea with collateral is remake collateral, but swap the roles because oh. the genius of Jamie Foxx and, and T. Cruz are they're incredible. And in mm. the movie, Jamie Foxx is like a very meek you know, mm. there's a very telling line. It's a great line of dialogue where they're like, um, he's talking to him, you know, he's talking to his passengers and he's like, what do you do? He's like, this is just temporary. This is just temporary. I'm trying to get my own thing together. I'm, I'm going to rent cars, have my own limo company. Oh. And he's like, how long you been driving? He goes, 17 years. Oh and my just God. Like, it's it's in the, my I've read heart. the script. It says in the script, not so temporary. It, there's an action line that says not so temporary. Whoa. And you realize that this is a man, Jamie Foxx, 
who has potential, who has dreams, but he's stuck. He's yeah. literally stuck in this cab and he's doing the best he can. And then he meets this assassin who is the embodiment of of um, too much, but he is, and a- there's there's parts of T. Cruz's assassin's character that you can't help but admire. Mm-hmm. He's, he's decisive, mm-hmm. he's strong. He gets on the phone with Jamie Foxx's dispatcher and, and gets him like, to back off and mm. respect his workers. Mm. And he like tells him, like, you s- tell him, tell him what, like, and he has a gun, so Jamie has to listen. It's amazing. Wow. So he wow. does have to learn. And by the way, as a man, I feel like I have my own T. Cruz that's in there mm-hmm. and he's got guns and he's like, just shoot everybody. And you're mm-hmm. like, ah, but we can't just throw them away. Right. Because there are moments where you have to tell your dispatcher that you need to respect me. Wow. And it's great. So he's yeah. kind of, coming into his power and over the course of a night he's gonna watch a guy who's only power only warrior yeah and he's gonna learn how to like discover that part of himself it's it's a it's a great movie remake it though where t cruz is the stuck cab driver wow and is likable that you're rooting for which he could nail Uh and have jamie fox be the assassin which he could fucking nail and i'm like that's a remake what are we doing like that's like a that would be so fun. That would be so fun. Like it's the same movie. Yeah. We swap the cast. Would you and your would you have it be like exactly shot for shot. the same? Yeah. Shot for shot. Same lines and everything. Because if we're, what if that's what we're that's doing? That's so cool. That's such a good idea. I really appreciate. And you haven't even seen it, and you're excited. I know. I do feel like I need to see it because I am trying to get. In I'll touch. watch it with you after we're done. Okay. I love it. <laughs> I need to get in touch with my T crews. You do. Right. I'm sorry. No, I I'm do. just, I know you and I love you and yeah. I've seen you. I'm all Jamie Foxx over here. Lately. Having more <laughs> T. Cruz showing up. I have been. And then I get, I then, then I'm Jamie Foxx and I get really scared and I'm like, I can't tell, I can't say that. But to, by the way, that's you know. part of having a T. Cruz. So I did that show last night and everybody we know, like it seemed like everybody we know, it was so sweet. They come mm-hmm. to the show and I'm up there and I'm being this version of myself, this very T. Cruz version. Yeah. You know, we, we've talked about this before. A comedian kills. Mm-hmm. And I'm like being very blunt, like this way, not that way, this way. Yeah. And all these people that know me as I hope a subtle, nuanced, sensitive, empathetic person is watching me for fun yeah. swing on vines yeah. and beat my chest and, and delight, hopefully delight people. And today I have a huge Jamie Foxx hangover. Oh. It's not huge, but I'm like, oh, they all saw my cruise. Yeah. And now I'm like on a mission, if I see these people, to remind them mm. in a gentle voice and in a calm demeanor that that excited, uh, sharp-voiced guy that yeah. they saw on stage, I was literally pacing and yelling. I'm like, I, don't worry, I'm still Jamie. That That's all childhood stuff. I'm like, I'm not just Cruz. I'm, I'm the sweetie boy too. I'm a sweetie okay, boy too. Okay, let's stay on that for just a second because first of all, obviously I can really relate to that except for I rarely even let my T. Cruz out. So, but, so I admire that you are, that we're kind of the same in this and you are further along than I am at... At cruising. At cruising. Um, But you're further along at me than foxing. And honestly, there's a lot of regret 
that comes from over cruising and under foxing. <laughs> you have a lot of regret from over foxing and, and under cruising. cruising. Yeah. If I may, you just did something where you were in a spiritual situation. I'm going to tell it so vague. Yeah. And somebody said to you, let's do the ceremony. Do you consent to the ceremony? Mm -hmm. And you felt all this social pressure to be like, yes. But and I didn't even know what didn't was going to happen. And then the ceremony ended up being something you were deeply uncomfortable with. Are you yeah. cool with me saying that? Yes. Without betraying any confidences. And I'm like, that's when Cruz. I know. Fox can't say, you can't be Jamie Foxx when someone says, do you consent to the ceremony? Yeah. And say, yes. T. Cruz goes, I'm not going to consent. What the fuck are we talking about right now? Right. Because the ceremony could be, put your dick between these two pieces of glass and we're going to squeeze it. Like that's, and that's where Cruz is helpful. Yeah. And goes, no. Totally. Hell, holy Cruz mm -hmm. and saves the group from a weird ceremony. And goes, I know. No, 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 no. Yeah, we're not That's doing it. That's good cruise. That's good cruise. That's over Fox. I know. Under cruise. That's what I need. Uh, also, though, specifically talking about the show, all of our friends, I'm sure, oh, I show. hope that your show, I hope they've been texting you. I think they have, but they've also been texting me that they like are, they just are overwhelmed with how great you did really yes i saw our friend reed today at well, coffee reed texted me he was very and sweet. he said i've never seen a show that has stayed with me so much That's and he said sweet. the way that pete can talk about god i'm really loving this and <laughs> can talk about god and diarrhea with the same level of thoughtfulness in the same show mm. is so it's so like uniquely your gift mm, that's really nice um and that's my, my brand yeah we just need to find 50 million more people I, yeah <laughs> to take, if i want to take it to the next level we need to find more of those people you're hiding somewhere yeah i know you're out there where are you Maybe your next special should be called God and Diarrhea with yeah. equal thoughtfulness. <laughs> um, but <laughs> wow, they all loved it. And what's interesting to me is sometimes when you're full cruise at coffee or a dinner party, I can get very fox and uncomfortable my Un fox my fox is sitting in the in the audience watching the movie of my cruise at our morning coffee yeah and he's he's rubbing his forehead with stress going like why is cruise showing up to a jamie fox coffee <laughs> event yes we didn't invite cruise but that's why i'm interested it's interesting maybe they did and they did. They totally did. Like, yeah. I, I don't think either of us have a clear perspective on it. Healthiest Pete goes, they got cruise, you're welcome. That's my favorite place to be. Right. But Jamie Foxx has a hard time sometimes with that. And there is a time where where Cruz can relax and have... I don't think it's bad when he comes out in those cir circumstances. But I think there is... Um, the point I was trying to make was that was an appropriate time for Cruz to come out last night yes at the show yes that's where no, he belongs if Jamie Foxx did the show the jokes aren't even funny that's right and so <laughs> all like, of our fine. friends are totally comfortable I think they always are anyway mm. even if mm. you're at coffee and he's coming out but especially then they're comfortable because that's what they signed up for that's what they want yeah and they're amazed by that part of you oh. and so am I my favorite shows, like the Largo shows, are where I can come out and some and Jamie's also on stage. Mm. And last night, you're there, 30, 40 people that I know and see all the time are there. Yeah. We went to lunch in Ohio yesterday, 
and the woman, the kind woman checking us out was like, I'm coming to your show tonight. And that yeah. kept happening all yeah. around town. People were like, oh, come wow. to your show. Cute. And then I was like, all right. I caught myself being tense. Sure. I was, you know, I was picking at a, a hangnail, you know, like almost yeah. self-mutilating. Like, mm. And I was like, and that's when I, you've helped me recognize it's like, oh, you're nervous. And yeah. just name it yeah. and allow it. But I was like, and then when I picked up Leela, usually that's my happiest time and I'm playing with the kids. And I did. But then Ben, our friend, was like, I can tell you have a show tonight because I can see you reserving your energy. Wow. And I'm like, that's exactly what's happening. Because the reason I mention all those people being there is then I go, I can't do badly. And that's a mm. weird energy. That's where Cruz, you know, picks up a machine gun. Yeah. I, I, I personally prefer a show where I can go slow. And, and, and that's what I was intending to do. Yeah. And I went out. And I was being slow and kind of riffy. And I was like, oh, this isn't working. Mm. They need heavier artillery. Artillery? Artillery. And then I was like, (laughs) artillery, like a Nick Kroll character. And I got a bunch of artillery. Artillery. And I'm coming for you. (laughs) Because I was like, you, you, Val, are watching me. And the times that I've had bad shows or whatever... Well, I'll say I, I don't have bad shows when you're watching because it's like it is. This is very cruise, but I'm like failure is not an option. We're gonna really we're gonna do in front something. of moi. Of course, you silly bean. Really, but That's then cute. the show and the show was great. But I assumed I did a very strong, almost Bill Burr voice. Uh-huh. And Matt and I, Matt McCarthy and I, were talking about it. There's a type of comedy I do where I have the energy of someone chewing gum. <laughs> Even though I'm not chewing gum, <laughs> so good. It's this. It's like it's almost like a guy who's fighting you. Mm. And again, the words were very gentle. I was loving to the audience and inclusive. And I think a lot of my jokes have very beautiful healing messages. But I was going like, we're we're doing this. I mm-hmm. can't go to the grocery store mm-hmm. and look people in the eye and have me know that they know that the show wasn't good. I was like, right. it sucked. So it was very cruise and I'm, and I'm grateful. But then the next day I wake up as Jamie Foxx and I'm like, was I too much? As you and I both know, that's my, right. that's, that's one of my um, limiting beliefs is right. I'm too much. Yeah. And you know what? It wasn't at all. I really appreciate <laughs> it. That. Really, But even as you say that, I'm not like, oh, thanks. I'm like, Thank you. <laughs> no, it really wasn't. And I actually, you know that sometimes I can feel like you're going too fast. Yeah. I I was going to compliment you that you didn't do that. But I think actually what happened was you probably did, but it was what that audience needed. So you matched I really appreciate that the because speed. there is the ideal performance mm-hmm. that you want on a special or something. And there, there is a pace and a tone. Yeah. And then sometimes your job is just to kill a lot of chickens. Right. You're just working in, in a slaughterhouse and those yeah. chickens are running around. Yeah. They're not lined up. Yeah. You can't murder them gently. Uh-huh. You can't kill them softly. Yeah. It's not Lauren Hill. <laughs> you got to go full the roots. Yeah. And <laughs> You turn it up. And and one of our friends, Sam, was like, I, I, I'm glad that the crowd wasn't what I call a victory lap, where it's just mm. so easy that you just float in ambrosia and you're the hero of the day. It wasn't that. And he was like, it was a good crowd, but he was mm. like, it wasn't easy. And he was like, I'm glad it wasn't easy 
Because I got to see your craft. Yeah. Which was going like, I got to go faster. Yeah. I got to go louder. He said it was like you were playing a very intricate drum beat. Yeah, a drum solo. Solo, yeah, yeah. Sorry, but it meant so much to me that I was like, yeah, I felt so seen. Mm. And this is such an achievement for us as I'm like, here in the green room after the show, we're like... 12 people mm-hmm. and none of them were comedians I know. except for Matt. I know. And they were all loving me and they were all being, meaning they were all, we were all in love. We were having a loving hang. Yeah. And that is just so new to me. I know. I didn't think it was possible. I know. That's what I said this morning to read. I was like, that was a real first to have like our core group of friends like a huge, you know, I mean, there was, there were a lot of other people from town, but like the like core eight were there. Yeah. yeah. And to have them, like one of them is, you know, a comedic actress, but the rest of them aren't even in show business. Yeah. And, and then to have that like support from them specifically and then love from them afterwards. Yeah. Where it actually, because I've seen people visit you, you know, after a show and it's, I've seen it go every sort of way, but I've seen it be like even good friends where it sort of is like, they don't mention the show or oh, it's like very. You're really, thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. Because what normally happens is if you bring friends who aren't comedians, they come in and they act like a show didn't even happen. Right. And turns out that's a real, as you've pointed out, the whole point of me doing this psychologically is to be heard. Yeah. It's to like connect. Mm-hmm. And then they come back and it feels like gaslighty that they're just kind of like, so do you get free chicken wings? Like what do you, and I'm yeah. like, please talk about the show. But right. there's a lot of landmines there. Please talk about the show in a specific way. It doesn't have to all be good, but it needs to be thoughtful and and tell me about your experience. And they did that. Yeah, they did that. And they really treated it like your night and like you had given them a gift. Yeah, it was, it was nice. really lovely. It's, I just, I it was a type friends. of heaven I didn't think was allowed in mm. the dingy, small green rooms of <laughs> comedy clubs. Yeah. And there it was. Yeah. The, you know, the kingdom of heaven. There it was. Mm-hmm. We were all hearing and listening and engaging and sharing and yeah leading to other things not just talking about me but the whole vibe was just so sweet and it 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 was celebrating my cruise that's right were you about to say something though no i feel like a long time ago you were about to say something about your cruise and the ceremony and you need to get better at your cruise yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to be um i'm trying to be less apologetic yeah. <laughs> about like the space I have to take up, the things I have to say, like knowing um, just sort of like that. <clears throat> it's interesting, like when I'm afraid to speak up in like a situation like that, I'm there is sort of this like, who am I to imprint myself? And what if I imprint myself on this reality and then I like regret it and it feels so like permanent, you know, like, mm-hmm. and that's, that's where you just want like a haphazardness even yeah. a little bit. Like you want to be thoughtful and Quaker about it, but you also want to be like, 
yeah, there's going to be collateral damage. Collateral. Sorry, collateral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point. <laughs> By the way, growing uh, with all respect to the Quakers, you know, there is so so much meekness that sometimes that can dry out the part of me that's like, but what about? Yeah. Ah! I know. And that's what's so beautiful about a night where friends could see this aggressive side of me and celebrate it. Yeah. And I didn't watch the Super Bowl and I don't, so please don't, if this ended Don't spoil up, it. Don't spoil it. <laughs> don't tell me who won. I'm watching the whole season from the beginning. <laughs> Every team. Every team. Beautiful team. But, um... <laughs> There was a moment where one of the players like yelled at the coach or something. Oh. I just saw a photo of it mm. and he's right in his face mm. and he's screaming. He's this hulking man. I don't know who he is. And by the way, if it was worse than I know, please don't hold me accountable to this. I'm just saying it caused a little controversy that one of the players like got in the face of his coach and screamed at him. Right. Understandably. But I'm also like this man, that's, this isn't even Cruz anymore. He's a, yeah. he's a he's a gladiator. Right. You've pu- literally pumped this man with injections yeah. of testosterone and human growth hormone or whatever they're doing. Yeah. But they're doing whatever is legal that mm-hmm. ups their crews, mm-hmm. they're doing it. Yeah. Added to which you have however many tens of thousands of people watching, however many millions watching. It's the biggest night of your life. Yeah. And all you're sent to do is kill. Mm. And you're on that field and there's a 900 pound guy that's trying to hurt you. Yeah. Who wants to take you out of the game. He wants to tackle you so hard he doesn't get a penalty and yet you're taken out of the game. That would be good for their team. So you're going into battle. I don't give a shit about any of this. I'm not a football guy, but I can understand that as a, as I don't mean as me, a performer, but this guy's a performing, he's performing a little fake war. Mm. And then we expect him to get off the field and be Jamie Foxx? Yeah. This dude's so cruise, he's gone. Right. And you did it to him. Yeah. You gave him billions of dollars to be a fucking maniac. Mm-hmm. Then he acts like a maniac. Yeah. And- if he got off and calmly was like, coach, can I talk to you for a second? He, he, he can't. He's on the field cutting off heads. Again, I don't know any details. <laughs> but it, it, it pertains to what we're talking about. It's like. There's moments where we want the cruise. And when we're watching a boxing match, which is brutal, or a football game, or any of these aggressive things, and and celebrating it. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that's happening psychologically is we're forgiving our own crews. We're forgiving that part of ourselves, that energy that is helpful, yeah. not often appropriate, but that is part of us, and we don't know how to incorporate it, mm. so we fold it in. It's like Lila watching Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. It's like she's getting, she's coming to terms with aggression yeah and dis- and and anger and whatever it might be yeah. but it's helping them compartmentalize it and when mm. you can actually cheer for it and clap for it yeah. and celebrate it like they and now I'm bringing it back to me which I do know about my friends again who know me as a full person as a dad and a, a husband and a friend first saw me being like ah shut the fuck up like mm-hmm. i'm on stage going it's valentine's day i'm not gonna fuck my wife i don't have sex with my wife because hallmark tells me to like yeah. that's that's a pretty cruise thing to say <laughs> and then afterwards no one what a brilliant lovely group no one was like yikes oh. Val heard you say that or no. Leela's gonna hear you say that someday no they didn't everybody, even say that to me everybody Nobody. was just like you cruised it and yeah. that was an appropriate slot for your cruise and I'm gonna say that's one of the keys to a balanced and happy life is finding some expression for your cruise even if it's Dungeons and Dragons with your friends some place where you can cut it up 
and oh. fucking get loud. Oh my God. As you're saying this, I'm just like, there's such a like desperate, thirsty part of me or like there's just a thirst. You're for masculine. This. Like you're I, masculine. I need this so bad. And I'm like, what do I need to do? Do I need to like take jujitsu? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're at that place in your life where like, it's an indie movie called like Val takes jujitsu or something, <laughs> or like Val gets a sword. Like you just start it's walking great. around town with a huge broadsword, <laughs> and it's clumsy and it's strange, but like you slowly learn how to use it. Oh my god, that's and in a the third, great! In the end of the second act, you you bury it. Like you you're like I can't. I don't it. need it. But the movie ends with you digging it back. Dang up. it! Like let's make this movie rights. We did. We we call it. We call dibs on that. <laughs> what fucking lunatic is listening to this podcast? Going like, what movies can I? steal <laughs> I, know. I don't know i don't worry about that stuff but anyway no, i know um but yeah no i feel like the image i have is like i want to like lift big rocks and throw them yeah no i like, get it or it's, something it gives me such great joy when i'm picking at a scab and making myself bleed mm. and i hear your voice go put your hand on your chest and say oh baby oh my darling you're nervous and yeah. that's okay it's going to yeah. be okay. Yeah. So I have that from you. And then we talk about this almost every week. I love seeing this swirling of our of our energies. Yeah. And, you know, just as much as I'm trying to give you cruise, I'm trying to like, okay, we're going to talk about this. Letting the, the, the passion beast out of its cage, because that's what I've been doing lately. Yeah. And it is complicated. So let's go to the the mid-rolls. Thank you to everybody that gets a Pete's pick and gifts it or enjoys it. Um, it supports the show. It means a lot. And we'll be back in uh, like two and a half minutes. This episode is brought to us by Armra Colostrum. Colostrum from Armra, which is no exaggeration changing my life we've been doing these ads for a while now which means i've been using it for a while now and i 100 percent am seeing a difference in my skin in my breathing in my energy in my recovery in my hair in my nails it is incredible i've started taking a couple during the day and just anecdotally speaking everyone in my family is currently sick except old homesy so I've got them on it now. I'm like, you got to get Armra Immune Revival into your system. Everyone's talking about colostrum. What is it? It is the first nutrition we receive in life and contains all of the essential nutrients our bodies need to thrive. And Armra is just these little convenient pouches. They come in flavor. The blood orange is quite good or unflavored. I've even been known to tear one open, pour it in my mouth directly and just wash it down with some water because it doesn't really taste like anything, but it feels like everything. I'm talking about reactivating hair growth, glowing skin by reducing inflammation and puffiness in your face and neck, as well as stimulating stem cells to produce collagen and increase elasticity in your skin and your face. I'm talking about igniting your metabolism and fortifying gut health so you feel less bloated and lighter, which is definitely something I feel almost immediately after taking it while replenishing your microbiome, stabilizing blood sugar, and accelerating fat burning, as well as fueling your fitness performance and recovery, which has been huge for me. And this isn't in the copy, but something about it just clears me up. Like I start breathing cleaner. I feel like my body is just being revitalized and given everything that it needs. 
seeds. Armor colostrum is a proprietary concentrate of bovine colostrum that harnesses over 400 living bioactive nutrients that rebuild the barriers of your body and fuel cellular health for a host of research-backed health benefits. It's wholly natural, sustainable, and it was developed with the highest integrity, grass-fed in the USA, and they guarantee the highest potency and bioavailability of any colostrum on the market for results that I'm telling you, for real, you will actually see and feel. We've worked out a special offer for weirdos. Receive 15% off your first order. This is just a promo code that I personally have used myself because I had to re-up. Go to tryarmra.com slash weird or enter weird for 15% off your first order. That's tryarmra, T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash weird. Trust me, this is, this is some secret sauce right there. I absolutely love it. We're also brought to us by our friends at Electric E-Bikes. I drop Leela off every day on our Electric E-Bike. It is the highlight of my morning Electric e-bikes have absolutely changed the way I move around town, run errands, and also just recreate. It gets me outside. It gets me smiling. gets me in the sun. gets me moving fast, seeking out hills, exploring my neighborhood in a way that I would never do on a normal bike because you have the ease of the assistance of this powerful motor that you can just twist and boom, it boosts you. Or do the pedal assist so you're pedaling and getting that exercise, but you also just have a little juice extra to keep you going faster, to keep you going further, keep you outdoors longer. So no matter how you're approaching 2024, electric e-bikes can help you go the difference. They are comfortable. They are fast. It's so fun to turn that throttle and just get that boost. They're incredibly durable. And they're also, they look really, really cool. I customized it with the plus one seat. Leela jumps on the back. She holds on and we cruise. We go on little daddy daughter dates to the pizza place. It's a couple miles away. No problem with the battery. It rides for a really, really long time. Anyone can do it. Designed for a better mode of transportation for all riders. Save on gas. Parking. There's a farmer's market in town. It's impossible to park. We glide over on our electric e-bike. We don't have to park. It's awesome. Financing as low as 49 bucks a month. Get started on adventures is easier than ever. It ships free, comes fully assembled in the box. It's so fun and it's foldable so you can throw it in the trunk of your car, which I've had to do once or twice to take it to the beach, stuff like that. Add more physical activity, more outdoor time to your everyday life. Make errands fun and up to 150 miles. You heard me right, 150 miles on one charge with Electric's unbeatable long-range options, which is what I got. So explore 2024 with Electric e-bikes, the most accessible and adventurous e-bike ever. Visit electricebikes.com to learn more, and be sure to mention that You Made It Weird is what brought you there when you do that post-checkout survey that really helps us. Check it out, electric, L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com and be sure to tell them you made it, you made it weird sent you. Okay. So this is like the thing that I really wanted to talk about. So everybody knows that I've been getting into Tony Robbins again. And that's just my thing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be everybody else's thing by any means, but there's certain things that juice us up and for for I think very understandable reasons, Tony Robbins is one of those things that juices me up. Yeah. Since Leela was born, and since you were pregnant, really, mm-hmm. my life was so merged uh, with you guys mm-hmm. and with like, ex- like it was all, not all, but it was very like, let's just get everything as 
nice for the baby, for you, for us as a family. That's all still happening, by the way. I'm not foregoing that. I know, yeah. But talking about The Beekeeper with Jason Satham, my favorite movie, (laughs) there is, now that she's five, I'm starting to go, wait, I'm like remembering myself. This isn't a story about Tony Robbins. This is a story about me hearing like a lighthouse in the distance and I'm seeing this light. And I've been getting very dry uh, and you guys that listen to the show, you've probably noticed, and, and, and it's fine. There's nothing wrong with being dry. Mm. I love Rupert Spira. I'm going on a Rupert Spira retreat in March. I can't wait. I'm mm. about it. I read it every day. But when you get like a little, so off the ground, yeah. going like, this is God's dream. Mm. Uh, there's nothing to do and no one to do it. All mm. of these things that I, that's ultimate reality. I think that's real. Yeah. This is fine. It's already over. Mm. It's already here. It's all here. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. I was really cutting a lot of ties, to use a Tony Robbins word, with my passion, mm-hmm. with my why. Mm-hmm. And it was starting to like impact a lot of areas of my life. Meaning, I was doing the podcast, and I, I, I'm proud of the podcast. I'm just saying, like, I've noticed the episodes that I've done since this. Mm-hmm. Jake Johnson was the first one. Mm-hmm. Shane Torres was the second one. Angela Johnson just did it. These are post this earthly mm-hmm. earth realm awakening. Yeah. And I'm telling you, Val, we haven't had a chance to talk about this. I feel like I windexed my eyes mm-hmm. and I started doing all of this work, like taking Tony courses and God, there's a lot of homework and mapping out my life. Mm. What do you want and why do you want it? Mm -hmm. And what do you want to feel Mm -hmm. specifically? Not like what could you do? What can you do? What have you done? What do you really want to do? And why, why, why? He's like, if you know why you want what you want, he's like, you're in the 1% of the 1%. Like you're in the most grotesque minority. And he's really all about like the power of knowing what you want. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, writing out, why do you want to act? Why do you want to write? Why do you want to do stand-up? Why do you want to do? And writing it out unembarrassed. Yeah. Like no one's going to see this. And, and when I started writing about the podcast, for example, I was like, I like sharing what's transformed my life. I like giving someone an audience, like my guest, and, and loving them mm. for two hours giving them the safest but passionate engagement. Like not, who cares? Yeah. But like, yeah! (laughs) And it's made such a difference. And we're almost done with this. But like, I've been doing this thing. It's on YouTube. It's called Priming. And it's this meditation that that Tony Robbins leads you into. But he bases it on that thing that we've mentioned many times on this podcast, which Mm -hmm. was a study where they go up to someone in a park and they, I think they hand them a cup of liquid and the liquid's either hot or cold. Remember mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. And then I've gotten the study wrong. The way the study actually was like five minutes later, someone reads them a story and then asks them to describe the main character in the story. Mm-hmm. And the people that had a cold beverage said that the character was cold mm. and distant. And the people that had the war- hot beverage in their hand for 30 seconds said that the character was warm or hot. Or that sort of thing. So yeah. holding a cup yeah. of a different temperature changed how they heard a story. So that's called priming. Right. This is I go on about this all the time. 
This is why I think words matter, saying kindness, saying compassion, just hearing those words Mm -hmm. changes the compass of of your day. So he does this thing called priming in the morning. and, And what he does is he walks you through sort of like gratitude work, but in three dimensions, Mm -hmm. meaning you're not just making a list, which I also do, of things you're grateful for, but you're picking three, he says, we're going to give ourselves three gifts. Mm. You do this little breath work and then he goes, so you kind of open up your body and you get in your body, you would love that. He's like, feel your body, Mm -hmm. feel any sensation, like really getting grounded in your body. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, we're going to give ourselves three gifts, which I love that phrasing. Mm-hmm. Not like now we're going to list three things we're great. He goes, give yourself three gifts. And it's not just things you're grateful for. He, he walks you through thinking of a moment in your life, like a specific mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. And the one I did this morning was we were in Hawaii with Leela was a baby. Mm-hmm. And I would get up with her. I'm a morning person. So I'd get up with her in the morning mm-hmm. and I'd walk on the beach and the sun would be rising and I'm holding my little baby and her cheek is on my cheek, little mm, baby. Yeah. And he goes, breathe how you were breathing. Uh, Don't look at it from a third person. Maybe I already described this, forgive me, but like I talk about it a lot, but it bears repeating. Don't look at it like a, like you're watching you and your baby on the beach. Be in your body right. now. Yeah. Hear what you are hearing. So now I'm, I'm doing it. I'm hearing the waves. Smell what you were smelling. I'm smelling the salt. I'm smelling Leela's baby smell. Yeah. And, and breathe how you were breathing, bringing you back into your body. Yeah. And tears just uh. start rolling down my face. Uh. And I do this for three memories. Yeah. A sledding in Winnipeg, the three of us on the sled going down this pretty extreme hill, yeah. sliding out on the ice, and Leela's belly laughing. Yeah. But I relive it, and now I'm crying. Mm-hmm. And you do that for three things. Our wedding day, I've, I've done our wedding day. I've done mm-hmm. when we used to meet up in San Francisco. I've done just random dinners. I did us at the Noodle House the other day, just mm-hmm. reliving it. But what is that doing? It's doing two things, gratitude, but it's also reminding me that moments matter. Yeah, They're in you. Uh-huh. They're like in your heart. That's you right. Carry them you around. Have it. Yeah. They're the cup of water. Yeah. And when I'm reminding myself of how warm water can be, mm. he's like, the bad is always there, yeah. but the good is there too. That's right. And you are what you focus on. Yeah. So you can choose. That Do you want a cup of it. cold water? Or you want a cup of hot water? You could spend your time doom scrolling. You're not going to change anything. You're not going to help. Yeah. Donate, help, vote, all that stuff. But just focusing constantly on what you don't have. For me, it's a big thing like what's broken in the house is something that I, or how little time I have and how much Mm. I have to do. Mm -hmm. But instead, I'm going back. And now I'm I'm thirsty to find things to be grateful for so I can re-experience them. I'm not not saying I'm special. I think anybody being guided through. But then- I realize that this podcast is potentially something that tomorrow morning I can sit and remember. Yeah. And then it makes it, 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 it injects it with this urgency. Mm-hmm. It's not just, it's like, no, I'm carrying that with me. And then my life, this is what I mean by windexing my eyes. Mm-hmm. My life becomes so much more vital. Yeah. And now I'm passionate. And then, Instead of, I need to go into LA and record a podcast, he calls that push. Mm. I'm being pushed. I have to do it. Mm. We sell the ads. You pay your, your mortgage. That's push. And he goes, mm. push sucks. Huh. Pull is inexhaustible. Mm. And when I'm pulled 
by the memory of, of Jake Johnson and I becoming friends mm-hmm. and laughing. When I'm pulled by the memory of Shane and I finding ourselves, that's that he goes, human beings need to be pulled. And this, wow. is, this has been applied into my okay. exercise. I, you and I have been talking about, it. I haven't exercised in months, mm-hmm. just hibernated. That's fine. It's okay. But when I wrote out, like he had me do this exercise where it was like the six pillars of like your personal life, the six pillars, he doesn't even say pillars, I'm saying pillars mm-hmm. of your professional life. Mm-hmm. And one of them was my body, like exercise. Mm-hmm. But he has you step it out. What is your vision mm-hmm. for your body? What is the purpose for that vision? Like what, it, and he, he encourages you to get so corny, which is what people don't like about Tony or they can, or I, I in the past have been turned off, but he's yeah. like, name it. You yeah. want to be strong. You want to be inspiring. You want to be inspired. You yeah. want to have energy. You want to pick up kid. You, I want to be able to pick up Leela when she's 28. Yeah. I want to be able to pick you up. I want to be around. I want my heart to be strong. I want, I want to meet my grandkids. So now you're adding all this emotion mm-hmm. to your why. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, what are the roles? The third one is, what are the roles that you could be as that? It's like, well, I could be a leading man. Mm. Think of that, the Chris Pratt thing. Like, what if I what if I pratted the fuck out of myself? Well, what other roles would become available? What activities yeah. would become available? Well, now I can hike. Because yeah. one of the things that I'm grateful for is my surfing days. I'll oh, relive yeah. a time I got up on a wave and I'm crying. Yeah. So that matters. So what do you need to do to do that? I need to exercise. So instead of going push, mm. I need to exercise. Fucking sucks and it doesn't work. Pull. Right. And I write out leading man. Leading meaning, sure, acting roles, but also like lead my family, inspire my daughter. Yeah. Leela's been coming in and watching me lift weights. And now when we're playing with toys, she's like, this guy's exercising. Oh, Fucking great. Unbelievable. Yeah. And that, that's my tirade. The, the gratitude practice has made me realize again that my life matters and, it, and it's more than just ticking boxes and a to-do list. There are things that I want to feel that imbue my life with all of this meaning and joy yeah. and vitality. And then it's like, well, what's in the way? And what are the, the, that's the next one. What are the resources? It's right. like, what are the roles? Next thing you list out, what are your resources? Yeah. You wouldn't believe for physical. I'm like, I have a tonal. I have a Peloton. Yeah. I have a sauna. So There's a gym. We live in a mountainous region where you can hike. We have a pool. Yeah. You start to get like, it's embarrassing. You're right. like, look at all the resources. I have friends that would work out with me. And, and you just start going like, oh my fucking God, it was there the whole time. Yeah. But then you start doing that for every single one of them. Mm. One of them is the faithful friend. I was like, I like being a friend. Well, what are your resources? Now you're listing your friends. Oh, and you're yeah. thinking about all the things you can do and, and how it was there the whole time. But mm. you start getting in, why do you want to be a friend? What what do you get from that? What feelings do you get? What does it, what does it feel like to be a friend? Yeah. And then you're being pulled instead of, uh, I, I like Sam as a guy. I'm always like, I should hang out with Sam. I love Sam. That's push. Pull is like, and he's always like, when you're in the place. So every morning I've been getting up at like 5.30, 6 a.m. Because I just, mm-hmm. that was one of my things. I love starting my day with alone time. And I get in the cold plunge. It's dark. Mm-hmm. I, know, I think I already talked about this. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it every day because when I'm in state, meaning when I'm experiencing it, so I'm in the cold plunge for three, four minutes, then I get in the hot tub and I'm flooded wow. with all of these feel-good hormones, whatever it is, yeah. the expansion of my arteries, whatever it is. It's euphoria. Mm-hmm. We call it the full body jizz. 
I'm looking up at the stars. Mm-hmm. I know no one's even going to be up for 90 minutes. Yeah. So after this, I'm going to read. I'm going to sit by the fire, whatever the fuck. It's all me time. Yeah. But when I'm feeling that joy, you tell yourself, you go, this is getting up early. Yeah. This, that, then it becomes pull. You go, you like this feeling? Mm-hmm. It's, like talk, it's like training a dog. You like this? Yeah. Energy doesn't come from food and sleep. Energy comes from pull. Mm. It's not just... Oh, I didn't sleep enough. It's like we haven't, we didn't take a moment to prime and do the things. You, I sound like a motivational speaker, but I'm like, I do. I sound well, like Tony Robbins. Yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> I had forgotten this whole part of my identity because, you know, I was really d- dissociative, dissociating from it. And yeah. it's really exciting. That, that's it. Now you talk for a while. That was a long <laughs> That was a long rant and I don't apologize because I cruised it, but now I'm going to fox it a little bit and and listen with you. (laughs) No, I think that was beautiful and probably, I mean, I know it was inspiring to me, so probably very inspiring to a a lot of people. And what came up- I talked for 45 minutes. (laughs) That's right. and (laughs) Because I did have something. No, go ahead. You can say your thing. No, no, no. Okay. Well, I- um, yeah, no, I love, I feel, I told you, like, I feel like I'm about to enter this stage. Like, I t- I do, my body really runs on the seasons, and and so I've been in fall and winter mode, and it's almost spring, and I know really soon I'm going to be, like, so right there Me with you. Too. And even just hearing you do that, that was the closest. I was like, yes, I'm almost ready I for this. I was talking to your cruise. Yeah. Like I really <laughs> was like, I'm going to maybe start getting up with you and like d- exercising and doing the priming or whatever. Like I'm feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm almost ready yeah, for all of this, yeah. but I love seeing it on you. And it really does make me feel like the other thing that came up was the Hafiz poem where it's like, Fear is the cheapest room in the house. I I want to see you in better living conditions. Yeah. Like it's so I I know I've known this part of you before and I love all the parts of you, but I'm just excited for you. Cause I sort of had this last spring too. I had my own version of being like, wait a minute, Leela's was four then. She's four, and I'm now remembering all other parts of myself. Mm. And I'm ready. Like, I want to expand. I want to go. I want to like grow, grow, grow and like get out of my comfort zone and and all of that. And it's one of the best feelings ever. So I'm excited for you that you're in a moment of expansion. And I am I'm in that cocoon and that cocoon is starting to break open and I'm about ready for it. Can I? I'm okay. So I'm just so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm go for it. One of the things that I watched the I Am Not Your Guru, Tony Robbins documentary on Netflix, which I still kind of have complicated feelings about. I'm not like completely like, I love every moment of this. Right. There's parts where I'm like, I don't know. It's a little rough. Yeah. But there's what I've always bumped up against, because you know I hate being in a group. That's Sam, our beloved friend, was like, that's why you don't like New Year's. You won't count down in a group, (laughs) because to you, dissolving into a group is death. 
That's so right. So you don't want to go ten, nine. I'm going like wow. these fucking idiots. Ten, nine, eight. That's not it, Pete. You're afraid of dying right. into a group. That's so Isn't true. That good? Sam, that's the second time when Sam complimented you last night. I was like, Sam. No, Sam. Knows why me. did I not think of that compliment? And then just now hearing that, I'm like, oh my god, no, how Sam, did I not have that revelation? Sam's got my number, and I, we're in a love affair. I'm really, no. I love Sam so much. I know it's great, and. One of the things that I have a hard time with the Tony Robbins events is all the jumping and all the clapping and all Mm. of the fucking hand gestures and intense breathing and stuff. And one of the things I've been doing when I'm lifting weights now is I I put my arms in the sky Mm -hmm. and I jump up and down. I used to listen to very aggressive hip hop and now I listen to like Beyonce Mm. and like Michael McDonald, your love is lifting me higher. It's all like very positive. Uh But what... What I forgot, and I used to know this doing, doing the Pete Holmes show, was like putting your hands on your hips and standing like Wonder Woman, Woman or Peter Pan for two minutes lowers your cortisol, your stress hormone by like 28% and raises your testosterone by something like 31%. Mm. Two minutes of standing like Wonder Woman. Wow. Or two minutes of standing like uh, like an X, like a capital X, formerly known as Twitter. I'm just mm. kidding. But if you stand like a, an X with your arms way up, that's what I used to do backstage at the Pete Holmes show. Wow. Also lowers your cortisol and raises your testosterone. So if when you're talking about like, oh, I'm in a cocoon. And by the way, I'm not so cruised that I can't Jamie Fox you and be like, I get it. It's beautiful. Yeah. You're going through an emotional time and it is hot water, bo- hot water bottles and baths and I'm with you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> what he, what Tony's helping me realize is how physicality has so much to do with it mm. and like moving and jumping. And yeah. Like, it's so corny or, but I don't even feel that way anymore. I, mm. I previously thought that was corny mm-hmm. and now I'm like, jumping up and down a couple times i do it before i go on stage Mm. but now i do it more Mm -hmm. he's like your physicality is the key to changing your biochemistry and changing your Mm. i can't do it to your i i can do it Mm -hmm. and simple things like that and that's what the cold plunges and that's what exercises and all that stuff but I'm, i'm getting more comfortable with just being like get stupid man yeah fucking get get stupid like you can be embarrassed and frozen, I mean unembarrassed and frozen, mm-hmm. or like a little bit embarrassed. Like yeah. I always think about Jimmy Fallon dancing when the band is playing, and I used mm-hmm. to watch that with such envy mm-hmm. that he could just like have that abandoned and kind of like rock out to Green Day. He's like yeah. head banging, and and I'd be like, I have such a limiting belief mm. that death before embarrassment. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not saying I could go to a Tony event just yet, but I'm saying like. I can do it when I'm alone. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can do it in the car. That's the other thing. He's like singing activates your vagus nerve. It it, it releases all this tension. Oh, so he's yeah. like there are things you can make your body do. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like a full workout, but you can just stand like Peter Pan, get your hands up, do a couple jumps, make a noise, whatever mm-hmm. it is, <sighs> breathing like that, mm-hmm. gratitude that you can sort of change. That's his whole thing is like change your state. And when you're in that state, you make different decisions. Yeah. Wow. I really sound like a, like a guy <laughs> a, on a wagon selling a Robin's snake head. oil. <laughs> uh, like a what? A Robin's head. I'm a real Robin's a tea, head. A Toro head. But the passion or, or the excitement is coming from me being like, I was feeling stuck and now I don't feel stuck. Of course. But whatever it is 
for people. Yeah. I, I think truth is truth. Other people are going to be talking about this in other ways, but I think, I think this will be very inspiring for people. And it's actually, this works out really well for me because I like Tony Robbins, but I can't really listen to him. <laughs> and yeah, and, remember the joke? Yeah. You're like, when, when I hear the word victory, I feel nothing. Yeah. Like triumph and mastering and, you know. I love it. He's but, like, massive action. And I'm yeah. Like, yeah, massive action. <laughs> <laughs> but when I hear you talk about it, everything you convey to me about it, I'm loving and it resonates because you were able to like use it in language that works for me and reaches me and i think it's so i think it's so beautiful i just had this image and then we can go but i i was like this is really because i'm like in my mind i'm like yeah maybe like maybe i do like kickboxing or something and then i was like or like surfing or skateboarding and then i remembered that i took leela to the skate park yesterday which usually you do and it's so good for her and it makes me so happy because it's such dad energy there yeah like there are kids on e-bikes burning the tires not giving a shit yeah he the did it with right. a really good posture doesn't he he, he, really good posture. <laughs> he did it i don't know it, i don't it was maybe a different kid oh. this kid had like basically like a mini motorcycle oh it wasn't the kid i'm thinking and of. he and he was so funny he, he was like maybe 14 and we were with Leela's little friend, Jamie and, and Jamie's like three or maybe he just turned four. Yeah. And he was like, what's that bike called to the guy? And the guy's like, it's called a, or he thought he said, what does it cost? And he's like a lot of money. I I put a thousand dollars in mods on this <laughs> to a four year old, wow. like cool flex to a four year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was like, Oh, and I was like, I think he wanted to know what it was called. And he was like, you know, Gen X, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he just burned the rubber right in our faces, like, like did it on purpose. And like the little kid, like, <coughs> I was just like, what is this yeah. place? Like yeah. this place is such an energy that I am not. No, you when see, I'm there, I'm like, oh, th- this whole skate park just called bullshit on my cruise. Uh, yeah. Because they're cruising so hard. And they're I'm like, you so almost hard. hit me. I know. Like, and Leela, but before any of that happened, before anybody was even there. Brody farted. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I was like, what are you? What's this I'm face? I'm surprised you can't smell it. I, I have a cold. Thank God. Oh, yeah, it's really. I can't breathe through my nose. Yeah. Um, But he... Uh, Brody farted. <laughs> Brody farted. Sorry. Um, oh, Leela. Leela was wanting me to get in the what do you call it? The dish, the bowl, the pool, the pool. Yeah, yeah. Which we have like a great one, and it's very <coughs> uh, steep at the skate park. Like I've heard that it's like a really like high quality bowl. Yeah, <laughs> like it's very. Yeah, it's great. And. I was like, I was being such a mom. Like she was being so cool. She had her scooter. She was going down some hills right away. And then we get to this pool and she's standing right on the edge with like one foot on the scooter. And I'm like, baby, no, 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 no. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) Like, be careful. That's no, no, no. Just don't get so close to the edge. And then she's sitting on it with her legs dangling off and like kind of scooting towards. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Just sit sit back. That's how you get in. Sit back. And then she did show me that, that she slid down. And then she wanted me to come. And I truly was like, 
I don't know if I'll have the arm strength to pull myself out of this thing. (laughs) And so I was like, I don't think I can get down there. And Mm. she was like, Dada did it. And I was like, yeah, but Dada's like taller than me. And she was like, please come in. And I was like, this is a real moment. Like I am being such a lame mom. Now I can smell it. It's horrible. (laughs) I'm so sorry, guys. That's not good podcasting, but we are in a (laughs) dog fart sauna right now. (laughs) What happened? Oh, it's that isn't that new food? Yeah. Anyway, oh boy. Whew. All right, I'm just gonna say this quick and this we'll keep it crispy and we'll go. (laughs) Somebody is already keeping it crispy. but anyway, yeah, so I'm, I'm I was on, like, I'm, I'm, I'm on the edge of the pool. What happened? I happens? was like, I don't want her to remember me this way. Like, I need to man up for my kid. You know, man up is a complicated term, <laughs> but we're just going to use it now. <coughs> and and so I did it. And I was, I literally was like, well, I'm going to take my cell phone in case I have to call somebody because I can't get out. Yes. Here. I help people <laughs> out of that pool. <laughs> and I, and I got myself down. And I felt so proud. And then I like ran up the wall and pushed myself up and was like, oh, I can do it. And then she kept wanting me to go back and forth. And I did it like seven times. And I was like feeling really rough and proud of myself. And I'm like, maybe I should learn how to skateboard now. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And that's my line. I'm like, I've had the same thought because a lot of the dads can skate and it's so cool. It looks so cool. I just sit there like a... Like a visitor, <laughs> yeah. But that's fine. I, I, it's not. It's really. Maybe I will. I don't know. Yeah. See, that's a, that's a new thing. I'm like, maybe I will. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, I, I, I totally know what you mean. But you did see another Tony thing, and then we'll get out of here. He's all about the the six human needs, and remember how I always forget what they are. Mm-hmm. But one is certainty. Mm-hmm. So like comfort and regularity in your life. Two is uncertainty. So novelty right. and excitement. Yeah. Uh, one, the third is love. Yeah. Uh, the fourth though is challenge growth is growth right. <laughs> and like i was having dinner with some friends the other night and somebody was kind of extolling the virtues of retirement and i thought it was really sweet i was like i'm really glad this guy's enjoying retirement but like lately i've been like i get why people play golf when they retire because right. you need to be growing yeah and that's a very t-rob's thing yeah and like what you were doing was you did something that you didn't think you could do right and i think there's specific feelings that are reserved for when you do something you didn't think you could do that's so true and that's that's pretty cruise that that's him that's back to collateral that's him saying tell your boss off yeah you did something you didn't think you could do right. and that's one of the things that imbues life with meaning yeah and that's totally where i'm at i'm proud of you Thank you. I don't feel like I, I, yeah, that's true. I, I do feel proud of that. And I just need more and more and more of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you like how it feels, you should go do more. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I, I, I'm no, just I saying do. like, I do. I guess there's, I have no agenda for you. I just think it's interesting to catalog our inner world a little bit. Yeah. And when I was doing it, it was really like a picture of me was on the wall and it started to come into focus. And I was like, oh, right. The thing that we won't get into now is that there is a cost to waking up the sleeping giant. Right. Which is like, it's it's just another, we've talked about this in many other forms, but I'm like, I do feel like something has been kind of let out of the cage. Mm -hmm. And then now there are times when I'm like, it's like I'm crate training my beast. 
Yeah. And there have to be times where I go, go in the crate because yeah. I can't apply this level of um, ambition mm-hmm. to putting Leela down. And I don't. Yeah. But sometimes it can be tricky. Sometimes I was just doing the dishes and I was like really focused on like finishing it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was listening to Richard Rohr at the time. That's the other thing. All of this stuff has been opening up. Once you bring the world back into your spirituality instead of a disowning of the world, yep. you start listening to Richard Rohr again. Yeah. And I know I've said it a million times, but true self, false self is everything that I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much wetter. It's just so much uh, yeah. gentler and war- warm is maybe a better word than wet. But by wet, I mean it, it bends. Mm-hmm. But there he is saying the exact same thing Rupert is saying. Mm-hmm. And I forgot one of my great passions is finding, what, what, listening to my teachers agree with each other. Yeah. It's like one of the most comforting things in the world. Yeah. And going like, all right, I have, and I, I, Ru, uh, Rupert is very masculine. He's like a wholly masculine guy. Yeah. H-O-L-Y. Yeah. And then Richard, who's obviously a man, um, is very feminine. He, oh, he feels yeah. so much more maternal to me. Yeah, Mirabai Star says that he's a feminine mystic. I agree with that. I think so too. And I've been going, oh, I have a whole family of teachers. That's right. And like, and they're all, but Richard said something today. I was listening to him today. He goes, the false self only finds value, its own value, its own worth in the world externally. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then he says, the true self, your soul, your awareness, your consciousness, your true being, whatever, goes, finds its value in itself and the world. Oh, and I was like, yes. that is so different. Rupert, That's and right. I think they're both right. Rupert would say, looking for happiness in the external world is a fool's errand. That's right. Stop. Mm-hmm. Only dip into yourself. And Richard was right there saying everything Rupert says. Yeah. And then he goes, and the world. And I was, I almost cried. I was just like, oh. That is the feminine mystic perspective. It's the true. world is, but look you do at what, it through the world. Yeah. The other part of the priming exercise is giving love to people you know. Mm-hmm. You imagine light shooting out of your heart and, and everyone it touches, it lights them up and they laugh and it increases mm. their courage and their compassion and their joy. And you just watch their faces. Usually that's the most emotional part. Yeah. Picturing my mom and my dad laughing. And I'm picturing you and I'm giving you strength, literally doing it. Mm. Like not just saying I'm sending love, but like I'm literally doing it. Yeah. And it is so valuable. And then what I'm realizing as I'm getting more engaged with my life again Mm. is that it's not, my life isn't, how could it be just about me? Right. My life as I tend the fields more Mm-hmm. benefits you. I see you going, oh, Pete's softening. I'm so glad because <laughs> yeah. I'd rather have dinner with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then let's say I do bring in another big fish. That, meaning a job or something, that helps everybody. We support yeah. a community. Yeah. I mean, with gifts, with time, with energy, all of these things. So I'm like, focusing, in quotes, on my, in quotes, life Mm -hmm. is just focusing on life. It's all so interconnected. Yeah. If I revitalize my life with meaning, that it when we say inspires, that means it could help our friends, our beloved friends find that and Mm -hmm. share theirs with me. And now Mm -hmm. we're like, we're like reflecting this light back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. So it seems selfish. But then at the end, you're like, 
No, it's not. It's the least selfish thing in the world. That's exactly right. That's always the thing about loving and taking care of yourself is that it's the best thing you can do for everyone involved. And unblocking yourself creates flow in that has a ripple effect in and the evidence of this is think of the inverse yeah when someone is blocked up living in you know unaligned to their truth living an unfulfilled life yeah the ripple effects that that has on their partner their kids their community yeah like so of course no it's all connected yeah and giving is receiving yeah and that love exercise when i'm giving love to everybody i feel so much love when you're giving forgiveness to people you feel forgiven yeah so one of the things this is i don't know what this is but i really want this podcast to grow because it's a joy for me so if you guys are listening and you like this please just text this to a friend that you think might like it not for sales the calendar is all sold the year's done it's not about money We're just like, I want people to hear these types of conversations. So if you like this, I never say this. Yeah. It's what I want. I'm surprised and I And I'm going after it. Please share it. It, It's it's the one of the great joys of my life is having conversations like these. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening and you like it, it it would mean a lot to share it just for its own sake, for for the joy of it. So that's it. There you go. Love that. Yeah. All right. Going for it. See, because I know what I want. I wrote it down. And I was like, I'd really like the, the audience for You Made It Weird to Grow. I haven't thought that in forever. Right. I've it's... only been maintaining. I'm just like, mm-hmm. as long as we keep where we're at, we're fine. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I want to grow. Why not? Let's go. It's fun to grow. It's fun. The challenge of it. It's interesting. It's giving me a, a drive and something to do. It's fun. Not just something to do. Something to feel. Something to experience. So Yeah. Love it. I'm proud of you. Oh, we haven't been recording. (laughs) Oh, shit. All right, babies. Keep it crispy.